Off the Ball on News Talk. Thanks to Air. Catch all the sports you love free on the Air Sport Pack with Air Broadband. Now we're turning to the NFL because the Philadelphia Eagles have been one of the most entertaining and interesting stories of the NFL season so far. They face the Falcons tomorrow evening at 9.35 Irish time. So let's go there now to uh, get the view of uh, author, raconteur, humorist and writer. And more importantly, I guess, from all of this, it's Philly fan Joe Queen. And Joe, this city must be hyped ahead of this game, right? Well, about three weeks before the season ended, their brilliant quarterback, Carson Wentz, uh, tore his ACL on a stupid play where he tried to dive into the end zone. And uh, basically, everybody saw the season go right down the drain there. I mean, if um, Carson Wentz had stayed healthy, I think that the Eagles would have gone to the Super Bowl. And I think that if he had stayed healthy, they might have won the Super Bowl, particularly if they didn't have to play the Patriots. I mean, he's a phenomenal young athlete. Um, but without him, the Eagles, who won 13 games, probably would have won eight, maybe nine, maybe six. Um, so the guy who's replaced him, he's not very good. He played terribly in the last couple of games. Um, he may be injured. Nobody knows. So people don't have a great feeling about the game. But the fact of the matter is they're playing at home. The weather could be a factor because it's supposed to be really warm in the morning and really cold in the afternoon. Um, The crowd will be crazy, although that usually doesn't help them that much. Um, And the Falcons um, blew the biggest lead in the history of the Super Bowl, so we know these guys can lose big games. So I I actually think the Eagles are going to win tomorrow. I think that I think that the players, you know, it's never happened before where the number one seed was not favored in this round of games. So it's an insult to all the players on the team. So I think that they might just come out there and just like rip the heads off these guys. Wow. I was assuming that you'd um, be looking at this glass half empty at this point because that's what happens in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing that's interesting. I'm 67, right? There's no point in not thinking that they're going to win. You know, it's too late in my life to say, like, oh, you know, we'll get them next year or this always happens to us. If I think that they're going to win, which I do, 27 to 10, if they lose, well, I haven't lost anything. They just lost the game. But, I mean, I think one of the things that's interesting about Philadelphia sports is there's always a new generation of fans coming along. And young people don't care about your history. Young people don't care what happened to your teams or that you've spent many, many years being disappointed. They don't care. My son doesn't care. My son calls me every night. He lives in Denver. He has an hour drive home. He calls me every night, and the only thing we talk about is the Philadelphia Eagles. And that is true even in the summer during the offseason. He just loves professional football. And to him, it's like, well, Carson Wentz is going to be the quarterback for 10 years. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Whereas for me, it's like Carson Wentz is probably, I'm probably driving my last car in my life because I keep my cars for a long time. And Carson Wentz is probably going to be the last quarterback in my life. I I figure I'm going to be out of here by the time I'm 80. So this is it. All right. There's no point in not, you know, there's no point in not thinking that it's going to be positive. I have a bunch of people coming over tomorrow to watch it. You know, I live in suburban New York. But only people from Philly or from Pennsylvania are allowed to come. So my, my wife mentioned it to one of my friends, really good friend, who's a Giants fan, New York fan. And I said, no, he can't come. 
forget it. It's like, you know, the Palestinians aren't going to invite the Israelis over for a beer. So just forget it. So uh, this means something this weekend then. Yeah, of course. If they win tomorrow, they'll go to the Super Bowl. If they win tomorrow, they'll win next week. But um, so tomorrow's a big game. I, I think most people in Philadelphia love this kid Wentz so much that their biggest concern is that he comes back from tearing his ACL because that's the, that's the big question. Nobody thought the Eagles were going to go to the Super Bowl when the season started. People thought they were going to be maybe sneak into the playoffs. And then they just had this phenomenal, phenomenal, amazing year. But it's also that a lot of times when players come to Philadelphia – they are intimidated by the history of the town and by it's a really, really tough working-class town. And they're intimidated by it. Wentz is, a, Wentz is from North Dakota. There's like nobody in North Dakota. There's like four people out there. It's freezing cold all the time. There's nothing to do. And he's just kind of embraced, embraced the fact that he's the biggest star in the city of any sport. He is the biggest star and some guys don't embrace that role, and he does. He's, he's a lot like Allen Iverson, the great basketball player for the 76ers. It's just like, yeah, I, I am the guy. I'm, I'm going to lead you to the promised land. Iverson ultimately is somebody who doesn't lead you to the promised land, though. Is that not the kind of, that's the grand tradition of Philadelphia yes. sports Charles heroes? Barkley doesn't, Charles Barkley, great, great player, doesn't lead you to the promised land. Eric Lindros doesn't lead you. Donovan McNabb, Michael Vec. The list goes on and on. The guy who does lead you to the promised land, the baseball players like um, Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley, those guys are gods. Those guys are absolute titans in that town. Um, but the fans, the fans um, love the players who didn't lead them to the promised land as long as the players tried to lead them there. So if you played hard, the fans love you, and the fans love you forever. If you didn't play hard, they, they, want, they don't want you around. They want you out of town. We spoke when um, your book, True Believers, was out. I think it's like, oh, three. So that's the, that might well be one of the last times you were on the show. And the, the book is essentially about, it's called The Tragic Inner Life of Sports Fans. And uh, if you'd been a sports fan from Boston, would you ever have appreciated that most sports fans do have this tragic inner life? Or would life have just been this kind of cakewalk of glory? You know, one of the things that's very interesting about sports is that, um, if, like, I've lived in New York for um, 40 years, okay? And so I've been around um, Yankees fans who they've won 27 championships and Giants have won a lot of championships. I have never found any, not for one second, have I ever believed that that made them happy. That the, the nature of sports is it's always what have you done for me lately. So teams, the, the, the Yankees fans want to win every game every season. And, you know, Giants fans this year were miserable because the team was so bad. And if you say to them, yeah, but, you know, Eli Manning won two, court, two, two Super Bowls for you, they don't care because the only thing that matters in life is what's happening right now. And that's one of the things that I find really interesting about sports is that sports is a completely existential thing, is that the only thing you care about is today's game. The only thing you care about is what happens now. And the thing is, you want to be in a situation where if your team loses, that's a, that's a shame, but you want to be in a, in a situation where your team at least has a chance to win. And the Eagles are the first team since 2010 from Philadelphia 
that had, had any chance to win anything. The basketball team has been abysmal. The baseball team has been abysmal. The hockey team has been abysmal. So it's been seven years since the hockey team was in the Stanley Cup Finals, which they lost on a weird fluke goal. Um, but, you know, so, like, it's just like, you just want your teams to be there and to play for championships. I think in my life, my teams have played for the championship 22 times and they've lost sex. They've won sex. They've lost nine of the last 10 championships that they played for. That's had absolutely no effect on my attitude towards sports. And I don't think it's had any effect on anybody else's attitude because sports is municipal. So basically if you turn your back on a team, you turn your back on the city that you live in or the city you grew up in, and people don't want to do that. No, the, the, so the, the bind is almost geographical, but the existential thing is actually the more important thing that lasts forever, the, the notion of a continuous present that is always leading us to believe we've got a chance to be relevant or successful or whatever. Is that I've it? I've never, you know, I, I mean, our Manchester United fans happier than fans from Stoke. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that... I mean, one of the things that you do find about victory is that victory is not nearly as sweet as you think it's going to be. It just isn't. And, and in this case of, like, giant Yankees fans, they just got used to it. So if I talk about 2008 when the Phillies won the World Series, I can tell you every pitch from the, the last game. I can tell you everything that happened. If I say to you, Yankees fans, tell me what happens in, like, game four of the third World Series that Jeter won. They don't even remember who was on the team. It, you, they just, you just take it for granted. And the other thing is that I find very interesting about sports is that if you go to places like Cleveland and Baltimore, <clears throat> Buffalo, Philly, where the teams don't win very much, the fans are insane. Fans are insane insanely passionate about sports. I mean, fans in Cleveland are just insanely obsessed with the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns lost every single game they played this year. It doesn't. It makes the fans angry, but it doesn't make them stop rooting for the teams. Yeah, it 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 is absolutely remarkable. That's why I thought this weekend you were the person that I wanted to speak to ahead of this game. Buzz Bissinger famously called Nick Foles a chicken shit uh, a couple of years back in a profile that he wrote. Um, can Nick Foles really get out of the way of the team enough to beat the Falcons this weekend? You obviously think he can. You know, the Falcons are not the Patriots. The Falcons are a team that blew the greatest, biggest lead in the history of the Super Bowl. So we know that these guys will choke. Um, Matt Ryan's a good quarterback, but he's not Brady. These guys are playing on the road. They lost six games this year. If you lost six games, there's a reason. So, no, the Eagles can win. Foles cannot turn the ball over. They have to, the Eagles have to get a couple of fumble recoveries or interceptions. They have to, Foles has to lead them on a couple of drives to get a touchdown, a couple of field goals. They have to keep the score low. But if the, uh, but if the defensive line gets after Ryan, um, they can win this game because Ryan is not mobile in the way that, that Wentz is or that, that, that Rodgers is. You can get to Matt Ryan. The other thing that's going to be weird about tomorrow's game is Matt Ryan is from Philly. So I assume he grew up as an Eagles fan. And he's going to be in a stadium where 70,000 people are going to be booing him. That has to be weird. That has to be a weird experience for anybody, for any player. It's like Kobe. Kobe could never understand 
why people in Philadelphia always booed him because he was from Philly. And the thing is, well, you're from Philly, but you didn't play. You played for the Lakers, the the worst possible team you could play for, a team from Los Angeles. And he could never understand why people didn't like him. And it's like, you're the enemy. Imagine if he had played for the 76ers. Oh, my God. He would have been like an absolute god. But Kobe wasn't. Kobe doesn't have the right temperament to play in Philadelphia. Kobe's kind of a sensitive guy. He's got, a, he's got a real chip on his shoulder. He would not be the right guy to play there. You know, Kobe went to private school. He spent part of his childhood in Italy. He's not a Philly guy. Um, despite the fact you've been out of Philly for 40 years, you still are obviously a Philly guy at heart? Yeah, I'm a Philly guy. <laughs> I mean, people, people know that. I'm interested in the fact that you um, you have these hour-long conversations with your son every night about the Philadelphia Eagles, even the off-season, that sport, the other thing that sport has is this ability to bring generations together. Um, there was a great piece written by uh, an Irish columnist here about 15 years ago about how his relationship with his dad was effectively based around Manchester United. He'd ring home, tell his ma he's grand, and then talk to his dad for 15 minutes about their transfer policy and how Dennis Irwin was getting on at full-back. And... It's kind of a magical, not talked about very much by men because they don't talk about things very much, certainly in Ireland. Uh, that that might be one of the things that actually keeps us watching. Sometimes very bad teams and bad players making bad decisions. The other thing about sports, though, that keeps people interested is that there's not a script. So you don't know how things are going to turn out. You know what's going to happen at the end of movies, but you don't know what's going to happen at the end of a football game. And that's exciting. Like last year's Super Bowl is a perfect example. There's like mathematically no way that the Falcons can lose that game. There's no way they can lose that game. And they lost it. And they did. And it's just as simple as that. And that's sort of an exciting thing. But I do think that, yes, um, I think it's very interesting about um, sports that, you know, I, I have a friend in Canada who makes movies about heavy metal and he told me something very interesting, which is that um, old, like young metal guys respect old metal guys. And that's not true in popular music in general. In popular music, if you go to a Paul McCartney concert, it's basically people your generation. And if you go to like a, a, you know, a, 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 a Jay-Z concert, it's people of that generation. And those audiences don't really mix, and those generations do not share a common interest, and, you know, maybe to go to see the Stones or something like that. But basically, popular music is a, is a cultural divide. Old people and young people do not go to the same things. But sports is completely different. Sports is you you are committed to that for life, and it extends to your your children. It extends to your grandchildren. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great it's a great glue. You know, but another thing about sports is that. Um, consider the alternative. What are you going to talk about politics? I mean, seriously. I mean, who in politics is inspiring in the way that Carson Wentz is inspiring or in the way that Tom Brady is inspiring? Who in, who in politics or even in the entertainment field is, is exciting like that, does daring things? A friend of mine once said that, um, I said to him one time, why do young boys become fascinated by by like Notre Dame football or something like that when they're kids and he said it's they're knights in shining armor that's what they are they wear helmets just like knights and for guys it's like yeah everybody wants to be the knight who knocks the other guy off the horse 
rowing. Go Eagles, Joe. Thanks a million. Thank you. Off the ball on News Talk. Thanks to Air. Catch all the sports you love free on the Air Sport Pack with Air Broadband.